0: so much. We are so grateful as always to gather together. We thank you for your spirit. We thank you for your word. We thank you for leading and guiding and directing us Um, in Jesus name and help us learn together. Amen. Uh, I want to begin now uh, and kind of set some things up. This will be a bit of an introduction Sunday to where we're headed. Uh, I want to first of all say that it's going to run in a, a real tight conjunction with Thursday nights. So I I recorded this last Thursday night. I will get that up uh, this afternoon so those that weren't able to make it can hear. Uh, But really uh, pay attention over the next three or four weeks to where the Spirit takes us on Sundays and Thursdays. Because it's going to be pivotal for not just us here at the North Campus, but for what God is doing in the whole of what is life of faith. Does that make sense? And just to kind of paint some of that picture, let's just kind of lay some groundwork on this uh, to make it official so you understand. Um, so just let me hold this just for a second. I'm just going to make sure I gather myself uh, and think about this. So, so we are a part of something that is older than, than just our church family here. So I'm gonna take you a little bit of history of life of faith, does that sound good? Okay. So life of faith used to be called producing faith. Anybody ever heard of a man by the name of Frank Manchin before? Anybody heard of Frank Manchin? Frank Manchin was used of the Lord uh, back in the 70s and 80s, I don't know the exact timeline, uh, to come and to pioneer uh, a church that is now called Life of Faith, our main campus in Irondale. But Pastor Frank was truly an apostle, right? He was an apostle. He carried a message, and the Lord really instrumentally used him to bring to Birmingham uh, what we might call the word of faith message. Has anybody ever heard of word of faith before? Anybody ever heard of word of faith? Anybody not heard of word of faith? You don't know what I mean when I say that. And that's okay to raise your hand if you don't. Anybody? So again, while we mean the word of faith, and not to go too far back into what's called charismatic perspective, but in back in church history, so let me just back up a little bit. That's this okay? Sure.
1: It's all right, good. So here's your history.
0: If you like timelines, you can do your own studies. But in the year 1906, uh, the Lord used a one-eyed black man by the name of William Seymour in a place called Azusa Street in Los Angeles, California. Anybody ever heard of the Azusa Street revivals? So William um, Seymour was, again, a one-eyed black man. He went to a man. Well, he didn't even go to the Bible school. Here's the story. He went to a Bible school by a man that was founded by a man by the name of Charles Parham. uh, in somewhere in Kansas, if I'm less of Kansas, Nebraska, somewhere in the mid uh, stuff. I I know my wife is helping me, move me along, but I'm going to take it nice and slow. And if we have to come back, we'll come back. So it's all right. I'm going to say I appreciate it. Well, don't please stop. Thank you. Is, uh, so, but what happened is, is they didn't even let William Seymour into the Bible school, right? He went there, and because he was black, he was denied entrance into the school. So he asked if he could just sit outside an open window when it wasn't raining or the open door when it was raining because he just wanted to learn of the Holy Spirit. Right, so he comes and then God moves him there and then Pentecost, as we understand it, from the book of Acts falls in Azusa Street and begins to spread all around the world from Azusa Street. Well, you fast forward and all kinds of, God uses that one event to, to launch all kinds of ministries till you get to about the mid-1940s and there's a great healing revival. Right after World War II, there was a healing revival in our nation and, and men like Kenneth Hagin and Oral Roberts uh, and A.A. A. Allen and Jack Coe and uh, William Branham, uh, all these men that God used. Amy Simple McPherson, so the ladies weren't left out, right? Uh, what was her name? The real ethereal lady, Catherine Coleman, was all in that time. And, that, and she was used of God uh, in this time in this great healing revival. And then out of the healing revival came what's called the charismatic movement where there was a renewal of the gifts of the Spirit in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and things came, and then a great teaching ministries came out of that. People again like Brother Hagin, Kenneth Copeland, uh, Jesse DePlanis, Jerry Seville, all these people come out of this time of the charismatic renewal, right? And those men come into what became called the Word of Faith movement, and it's simply just, the Word of Faith just means will you trust the Bible as it is. It comes from Romans chapter 10 when Paul says, this is the word of faith which we preach, which is if you'll believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus you'll be saved. So if you'll believe the word and put the word of God into your heart and, and declare it out of your mouth, it's the word of faith. So that became the word of faith movement. Well, for Birmingham, for our city, that was pioneered by Frank Manchin. I don't know if you all knew that or not. That he was really the very first one to come... He predated Brother Scott Webb. The only other one that was kind of with him was my old pastor, whose name was Terry Scarborough, at Abundant Life up on Highway 31, which is now called Seven Mile Ministry, by Pastor Red Alexander. It's still there. The church, uh, the new building was there but the little pool. it used to be a pool store, like a swimming pool store. And that when we met in the swimming pool store when I was a little kid uh, and all that stuff. And so we went there. So that was the beginnings of the Word of Faith movement. I say all that to say this, what we're a part of at Life of Faith is one of the few times I've actually seen a genuine handoff of, by God of an anointing from father to son. Yeah. Because about 11 years ago, Pastor Mark Manchin, who took over for his dad, Frank, by the leading of the Spirit, and it was a true transference of anointing of apostleship mm-hmm. onto Pastor Mark, right? And so our associate, and thus now you guys with us and here and all of the things that it works forward, but as we look at what is life of faith, we've been called a hub, how many times? We've had prophetic people like six or seven times come and say, we, life of faith, will be a hub, will be a place where God will send people and connect them, some people will stay, but many people will come for a season, and they'll receive from the Lord, and they'll launch out almost like a uh, like an airport hub.
1: Mm-hmm. When
0: you have a hub that planes are flying in and out of, and we would be known as a hub of, of activity for the things of God. That's who we are uh, as a church family. Amen. Isn't that exciting? Yes. Aren't you glad? So I just say that because sometimes it's important to see that what you're a part of is bigger than today. Amen. Amen. That what you're a part of is bigger than what looks like things are going on, and to see how you're connected in a grander scheme of the history of the church because God is so very faithful, right? So, with all of that, where we're coming now because of this calling that's on Life of Faith as an organization, right? We have to understand that we are part of what God is doing to get messages out into new territory that's the apostles job the apostles job is to there's there's two types of apostles that i think we see in scripture one gifting but two expressions one of them is people who go out and plant new churches that's an apostle someone who goes into new territory plants new churches and does those things Uh, that's apostleship and also there is the apostleship of a message You see those exemplified in the Apostle Paul because he carried both. Paul was a church planter, but Paul carried the message of justification by faith alone and Christ alone, specifically to the Gentiles or the non-Jewish people. Does that make sense? So I, I say that to say that what we're doing here is a part of what God is wanting to do in apostleship into our area. Yes, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And what we're now talking about and where God has, has taken us over the last few weeks, I was saying all that to say this, is that the hearing his voice piece is a big piece of what we do in apostleship. Yes. Right? But in this way of helping people change their life by renewing their mind. Right? So... Y'all went a couple of weeks ago, I went to Phoenix because the Lord opened the door and that's some of the stuff I'm unpacking on Thursday. I'm not going to try to re-unpack that here this morning, but listen to the recordings when they come out. Please come as often as you can, right? Because there's going to be a lot of stuff we're going to be sharing on Thursday nights and go along with this. But we are as the church family are in a, a time now where the Lord is showing us some things about what it looks like to change our thinking to really transform our core belief system, right? For the sake of not only, yes, we will benefit from it. Hallelujah. We will see things change in our life. But because of this anointing that's on us to be a hub where people come and then they go, it's for us to take it to our worlds, to the people that they're in, help them transform their thinking. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? So I say that that what we want to walk through in the next coming weeks, I want you to listen for personal application. But as you listen and learn, I also want you to sit there and say, Lord, show me how to show others. Teach me how to help others with this. Because how many of you have folks in your life, and I'm going to talk about this way, okay? I'm talking about Christian folks. you got other believers that you know they're genuinely born again. But we might jokingly say they're still just stuck like Chuck,
1: Uh
0: right? (laughs) Does that make sense? You look at them and and they're still in places, they're still in things, they're still, and it's it's been long-standing things. Mm -hmm. And it seems like that there's no real movement forward. Right, that's what the Lord has been showing us as a church family the last few weeks. And I thought it was that we talked a little bit on Thursday about it how I went to Phoenix and was learning some things. And then Chad Gonzalez came to our Irondale campus, right? And he was sharing basically the exact same message I was getting in Phoenix. They brought it there. And I look at that and go, Isn't that cool? Because I, I joke, because Selena and I, we love to go do and learn stuff, especially like this together, because we've learned over our time as a married couple. It's, it's most beneficial if we can hear and receive things together, right? And we can learn things together. And when I was going away a couple of weeks ago to Phoenix, we, we couldn't send both of us just logistically. And so she looked at me and she goes, well, you better take some really good notes, right? You better come back here ready to share and I don't miss nothing and don't fall asleep. and." She gave me those good admonishments of a wife. But then the Lord had sent Brother Chad here, and so she basically got the same thing because she went to most of the meetings over in Irondale, besides the one when you led here on Sunday, right? So to me, that's always telling, that the Lord is making sure, when he makes sure you're hearing something, and he he closes all the gaps, and he makes sure, then it's a pivotal message. Amen. Right? So what we're sharing now over the next coming weeks is going to be pivotal for our, our families, but for our church family as well. Because God is getting ready to take us literally into another way of thinking and believing. Right? Not that, and, and, and not that we've not known it. I think sometimes we, we haven't maybe known how to step into it.
1: Uh-huh.
0: How to get into there. Does that make sense? Right, and I say that okay. Say again, kind of. I say that well and do well. Okay, good. So, does that make sense?
1: So, with it, that's
0: where we're going. So, pay attention to this. Looking when we, if you miss a a time that we gather together, I'll I'll make sure I'm doing real good diligence to get the messages up in a timely fashion. Please listen to them uh, when you can. Come to all that you can, and then mark your calendars because the last week of this month, starting on Memorial Day, May the thirtieth. From May the 30th through that week, we're gonna be creating something called our Imagination Week in conjunction with our Irondale campus. And it's gonna be just something we do to really kind of hone in on all this we're talking about and go even further into it. I'm gonna go ahead and ask all of us to prayerfully consider during that week, taking time to uh, cut out any distractions that are normally present. As an example, and y'all please hear me like something like, TV, that maybe we might just hit pause on so much screen time and distraction. Please hear me. I've got to do the, not saying TV's bad, not saying it's evil. Not, I'm not asking you to chunk it out in the yard or any of that. And so not any of that kind of stuff. I'm just saying we might take a time as a whole church family to say we're going to hit pause and really focus our imagination in a in a corporate effort in the direction we're going. Amen. Amen. Does that make sense? Amen. Okay, good. So let's go to John chapter 3. And we're going to share again for a few more minutes. Because part of this initial imaginations, right? What I want us to help us with as we are thinking this way. And so I'm going to be using the word imagination in place of the old churchy word called meditation. Right? They'll be interchangeable. Meditation and imagination. Right. Um, you're going to see me. I laughed about this on Thursday. If you see me in the services, touch parts of my body, like if I touch the back of my head or the front of my head or the top of my head, I don't have Tourette's or some kind of syndrome. I'm just really trying to rework my own thinking based on what I learned in Phoenix. Right. And so and real quick, what I mean, by that back here in what's called the super conscious part of your brain because you have the conscious part of your brain, the subconscious part of your brain and the superconscious. Back here that connects to your spinal column. Back here is where all the automatic stuff happens like your heartbeat, your breathing, all the stuff you're really thankful God didn't make you remember to do. Yeah. Right? <laughs> right that you're glad you don't have to remember to make your heart beat. It just happens. Well, back here is where God puts your belief system. So your belief system is as automatic as your heart beating. That's why it works all the time. Right? Your belief system is working. It is producing in your life what you actually believe back here. Does that make sense? So when we talk about renewing our mind through meditation or focusing our imagination, what we're trying to renew is not... This part only, because for so many times in the church world, we focused people on the front part of their brain, the conscious part of their brain, hey, think right here. But this part of your brain does not drive your belief system. It's this part of your brain that drives your belief system. Does that make sense? So what we're endeavoring to do when we talk about renewing, when Paul says you'll change your life if you renew... Your mind. He's not just talking about here. He's talking about here. And that's why we all get stuck from time to time. Because we're, we're thinking like good little Christian boys and girls up here. But I'm not thinking like a Christian back here. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Again, we shared a little bit, again, just to base this out on, on what we said on Thursday, we know and I've known for years, you know, psychologists and people tell us that your belief system back here, 80% of your belief system is in place by the age of five. Now, if you're like me, I don't remember before five. Now, had, some of y'all remember things that happened, but I don't. One of my coping mechanisms that I'm genuinely going to the God for, you play, is my self-defense mechanism of my subconscious. Was it erased stuff. It just hit delete. So there, I mean, <laughs> there, you know, there are whole gaps in my memory back here that probably were horrible and terrible. The things that I and I heard stories about them. I'm like going, and my mom would say, "Well, don't you remember? I mean, I get, don't you remember that night your dad held us at gunpoint at the end of the hallway?" Because he was drunk and he was threatening to shoot both of us? Nope. Don't remember that at all. I'm, I'm sure it happened. It's called traumatic amnesia. Yeah, it's called traumatic amnesia. I'm sure. I, I mean, I, but I, if, if that's the case, then I had a lot of traumatic amnesia in my life. Because there, I look back and kids go, Daddy, Daddy, tell me a story about when. And I'm like, there's whole lots of empty space in my memory back over here, right? So for me, I look at that and go, wow, if my belief system was put in place by the time I was five, then 80% of what I believed at the time was done when I don't even remember. But it was still put in place. Then they say the other 15% or 20% of your belief system is put in place by the time you're 15 years old. So by the time you're a, a teenager, your core belief system is in place and functioning again just like your heartbeat hello y'all y'all with me
1: yes
0: amen again i'll just use this as a bit of an example because it was the one used in phoenix something like this you know have you ever met people that again they believe again they believe in the bible they believe in we would call prosperity they believe that god has blessed them they believe that god is for them they believe all of the the great truths that are true about finances and prosperity and all that stuff but yet it looks like money runs away from them as fast as cockroaches when you turn the lights on, right? They just, the, you know, or they can't, hell, they, you know, it's like they got holes in their bag. And money is just leaking out everywhere and they can't ever get, but they believe, they know what the word says. But like an example might be, as, and this is what was used in Phoenix, is, is maybe when they were little, what if mom and dad got into a really bad argument over money? Right? And we're going tooth and nail at each other. Well, you know, little little Buford, as I say, you know, he's there watching. And all he sees as a little bitty guy is, is well, man, money's bad. So he gets a belief system built in back here that says money causes fights. Money causes violence. Money causes problems. So as we said on his belief system, his subconscious, his superconscious. Which the only job God gave it was to protect us, says, I believe money's not good. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? And that's why we can push it away. Does that help y'all this morning? We morning. We don't even know we're doing it. Sometimes we don't even know those things because our belief system, it's just working based on what we're believing. So our, our goal in quote-unquote renewing our mind, I want us to rethink that term to I'm, I'm rewiring my belief system, right? And I'm going to God and letting him show me any lying beliefs that I may have about myself, about him, about his promises, whatever it might be. Right, I'm going to say, Lord, I'm going to rewire any lying beliefs and get them hooked up to truth. Amen. Does that make sense? So, where we're going to start with this, but where I wanted to begin today, as as laying this is, is this, is this all begins with a belief that you're not from here.
1: Yeah.
0: Right. Amen. Can I? Say that. Say, say, I'm not from here. I'm not, <laughs> not from here. <laughs> You're not. You're not. You might have been born here in Alabama. You might have lived here your whole life. You might have been, you know, what you? you might say, well, I'm Alabama, born and bred and raised, all this stuff. But when you accepted Jesus, right, you came from another place. Amen. So now, just for fun to do this, I want you to say, this. say I believe.
1: I believe. In extraterrestrials.
0: In extraterrestrials because I am one, (laughs) right, you're not from here, look at Jesus here talking in John chapter three, very familiar passage, you know, Jesus is here, he's with a man by the name of Nicodemus, you know, Nicodemus was a Pharisee, a leader of the Pharisees, and and he snuck in to see Jesus in the middle of the night, because he didn't want to get caught, going to see Jesus because he really believed. And that's that midnight conversation. So it says, so there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said, teacher, we know that you are a teacher come from God because no one can do these signs unless God is with him. So Jesus answered and said unto him, most assuredly I say unto you, unless one is born Again, anybody heard that phrase before? Born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. How many of you here, you would say you're born again? Who's, who's here, you're born again? Come on, real bold, real proud. Raise your hand. Chris, you're not born again? Okay, good. Just, just checking. I mean, just, you're born again. How many of you know and understand that even in our culture, that phrase, born again, is used in derogatory terms? Yeah. Oh, they're one of them born-againers. They're one of them people that are born again. And, and you're starting to hear that phrase taken straight from Jesus and used in a derision towards us, mm-hmm. all right? But here's what that is because that, that phrase born-again has then adopted a very churchified religious connotation, mm-hmm. right? The direct translation of born-again, Jesus said this. He said, unless someone is born from above are born out of heaven. He cannot be a part of the kingdom of God. And then Jesus goes on and he talks about that. Nicodemus in the next verse says, well, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mama's womb? And Jesus said, most assuredly, I say unto you, unless you were born of the water and of the spirit are from heaven he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do you not marvel that I said unto you that you must be born from above? The wind blows where it wishes and you hear the sound of it, but you can't tell where it comes from nor where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the spirit. As you were born from heaven. I love this. and You'll hear me use this phrase. It's from a man by the name of Dr. Mike Brown. He, he uses the term, you're a Havanian. Why don't you try that on and say, I'm a Havanian. I'm a Havanian.
1: <laughs>
0: That's who you are. You're from heaven. Hallelujah. That's right. I want us to sit for a moment and meditate on that. Imagine that. You're from heaven. If you've accepted Jesus if you've believed in what Jesus did in his death, burial, and resurrection, if you have received him, if you will, if you said, Lord, you are my Savior, you are my God, I receive you, take my life, then in that instant, whenever that belief came, you literally, like a child, is born in the earth, you were born out of heaven. Hallelujah. You're not from here. Amen. Amen. Come on now. You're from somewhere else. Some of y'all look at me real funny. It is. <laughs> Amen. You are from heaven. Amen. Mm. I mean, I'm going to keep reading. Jesus said in verse 10, so Nicodemus, are you a teacher? Because Nicodemus asked in verse 9, how can these things be, right? He says, are you a teacher of Israel and you don't know about this? Most assuredly, I say unto you, we speak and we know and testify what we have seen. You do not receive our witness. If, if I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven but he who came down from heaven, that is, the Son of Man who is in heaven. Now, again, I want you to, here's the interesting thing, and we'll make this connection and go, because see, when when you are born from heaven, right, then that's permanent and it's present. So here's what Jesus said. Now, have you ever? i back up. Have you ever heard this word? You can't be at two places at one time. anybody ever heard that phrase before? Yeah. Have we ever heard about that? You can't be in two places at once. Yeah, yeah for sure. Right? Unless you're a believer. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> because as a believer in Jesus Christ, you right now currently are in two places at the same time. Yeah. See that. That was kind of part of the, the the frying Nicodemus's fritter that Jesus did here, is he says, "Hey, no one has been from heaven except me, the Son of Man, who came from heaven, and even right now I'm still in heaven." Mm-hmm. Oh, come on! I'm gonna let this say. You ever again? So Jesus comes; he, he's a hundred percent God and he's a hundred percent man. Right? Have you ever under Wondered how Jesus did the stuff he did as a man. How Jesus did the miracles. How Jesus did things that were here. Even walking on water. Raising the dead. Feeding the multitude. Producing. It's because of this reality that Jesus in his thinking and his meditation. And what he understood about himself and his place in father. He was in both places at the same time. Yeah. Amen.
1: That's
0: right. He was here and he was there.
1: Amen.
0: Just like you. Come on now. Go to Ephesians. Go to Ephesians chapter 2. just want to show this. Ephesians chapter two and look at this starting in verse one we're going to read down here Ephesians chapter two verse one and you he made alive everybody say amen. Amen. So you he made alive who were dead and trespasses and sin in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also you were once conducted yourselves in the lust of your flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. Verse four, but God who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved you. Even when you were dead in trespasses, he made you alive together with Christ by grace. You have been saved and he raised you up together with Christ and made you sit together in heavenly places in Christ that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness towards us in Jesus Christ. Do you see what Paul just said there? Where, where are you seated right now? In the heavenly places. In, heavenly places. In, Christ. In Christ. So see, God, when we talk about this great substitution of our salvation, right? So it, it, it's like this. We, we're real familiar with the understanding that, okay, well, Jesus became my sin, and I became his what? Righteousness, Righteousness right? We understand that, okay, well, I was buried with him in baptism. Amen. Right? And therefore, what happened? Then I was raised with him. Right? right? And that that resurrection life in me gives me my justification.
1: Amen.
0: And we kind of stop there. Amen. But Paul says, go the next step and go, and wherever he is seated now. I also am seated there with him. So so you literally, and, and, and and it's like those cool science fiction movies, you know, that there is you here on the earth, right? And the Holy Spirit is in you. And you're walking around here on this planet in this plane. And the Spirit is in you. And at the same time by the Spirit... You're seated in heaven. Mm-hmm. Amen. And so now you were like this wormhole ported cable. I don't know. I mean, there's all kinds of analogies flood my brain. You're this like connection point mm-hmm. between this plane and heaven.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, that's who you are. So, so, when, so again, so when we sit there, again, and I want us to think about this because, help me say this right, Lord, is because how many times have we heard, prayed, or maybe even prayed, well, Lord, we just need you to move down here. We just need heaven to come to earth. Have you ever heard somebody pray like that? Maybe. And, and, and you ever wondered why it seems like that prayer doesn't get answered? Because heaven is already on earth in you. That prayer's already been answered. Mm-hmm. Come, Come on. on. Heaven can't get any more on earth than it already is in you. That's right. <laughs> hey, does that make sense? Amen. Well, And, 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 and Ms. Lennon, I think one of the reasons why we don't demonstrate it or we don't see it demonstrated is because we don't believe it's actually true. Come on. We haven't we haven't meditated, we haven't imagined the reality and believed that I am a Havanian. Yes, I, I am heaven walking around on the earth. I am a connecting port between these two planes, the physical earthly plane and the spiritual heavenly plane. And I'm the tube, the cable, the connection, the portal, the door, whatever helps you see that. Yes. You're the door between these two planes.
1: Amen.
0: And you, through your life, can let heaven into your world because you are heaven.
1: Come on. Yes. Very good.
0: Oh, very good. (laughs) Does that make sense? See, see. Oh, help me, Jesus. So you go to John again. I think it's John fifteen. No. Is it John? Oh I no wonder it looks funny in my Bible. I'm like going. I know I made notes. I was in Luke, you know. <laughs> You'll never see your John notes in Luke. You can laugh at me. That's all good. <laughs> I want us to look at some stuff here. So John chapter 15, look at this. Jesus again coming to the cross. He says in verse 18, if the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. Oh. Amen. If you were of the world, now notice this. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. This is verse 16, John, eight, uh, John 15, no, I'm sorry, John 15, 19. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Now, guess it. You're not of the world. That's what Jesus is saying. Hey, listen, you're not of the world. You're going to expect a little bit of friction between you and the world because you're not from there.
1: Uh
0: Right? Yet, because you were not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world is. Hates you.
1: Yeah.
0: Now again, we many times we hit that about this whole the world hates us and all this kind of stuff. But I want you to listen and focus on what you're not of the world, Jesus said. Come on. Hallelujah. You're, you're not of this place. Mm-hmm. You're not from here. You know, we, we do that here. It's so funny. It happens everywhere. We, we've lived all over the world, but I loved it especially when we lived in Canada because I had a thicker southern accent back then. And we remember that, we. and I would go, and it was the easiest thing to start talking to people because I'd just start talking, and their little heads would whip around and go, you're not from here, are you? (laughs) (laughs) And I would pick on them and and stuff, and as I lost more and more backs, and it was so fun, they'd go, are you from like Nova Scotia, which is like eastern Canada? And I said, that no, was a little bit south of there. Just a little bit south of there. Or, or I'd pick on them. They go, You're not from here. I said, No, I'm from South British Columbia, right up, up against the border. And then look, you know, and all this kind of stuff. But people say, You're not from here. You know, that's you too.
1: That's
0: right. See, guys, listen, when we engage from heaven, I, I forgot who I was sharing this with this week, but you need to expect you're going to look different. You need to expect you're going to sound different. You're going to live different. You're going to respond different. You're, the, everything about you is from another place. Right? Everything about you is from somewhere. There should be, if I can dare say, guys, listen, and I say that because it's, it's, it, 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 it hopefully it's encouraging when, because it lets you, I'm not from here. It's like Southern boy in Canada. You can't, you couldn't hide. I wasn't from there. Yeah. I couldn't talk Canadian. I couldn't even speak British and kind of throw people off. I mean, I couldn't. When I first landed there, people were like, where are you from?
1: <laughs> right? And they would look at
0: you real funny. And I said, well, I'm from Alabama. And they were like, oh, wow. Oh. Right? And all this kind of stuff. And because, listen, that's us. We're not from here.
1: That's right.
0: That I want us to really make sure we are transformed in our believing I'm not from here. So the the things of here don't apply to me.
1: That's
0: right. Come on, they don't apply. Come on, the, the things of this plane do not apply That's to right. me because I'm not from here. That's right. Again, I share you know, uh, the reality. Like it's like Audra. We all know Audra's over in Uganda and she's living in Uganda, but she is living there, but she's not living from there. Like in just the example of her finances, right? She is not living on the state of the economy of Uganda. She's living from the state of the economy here because this is where her supply comes from. That's right. This is where her resources are coming from. So she's able over there to do far more yep. than the natives there can do because she's freed Yeah. From the boundings or the, the, the chains, whatever you want to call it, the limitations that might be on the Ugandan people because of where they were from, because she's from another place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's actually living and operating. See, mm-hmm. I, and I use that as an analogy for us to meditate on and see. That's you, yeah. but you're from heaven.
1: That's right.
0: So you're here on your missions journey.
1: Here, that's right. but
0: you're not engaging with life here based on the limitations, the, the boundaries, the whatever of this world because you're from there. Come on. We,
1: have a heavenly supply.
0: we have a heavenly supply. We have a heavenly connection. Does, does, is that, yes. and, and I want us to meditate on that because that's the beginning key of what we're going to talk about unlocking everything. Because as long as I believe I'm from here, I'll be bound by here.
1: Come on, that's
0: good. As long as in any area of my life, well, you know, that's just the way it is down here, you know. Right? I like what Brother Chad Gonzalez said, you know, I'm 48, you know, and 48 things started creaking. You know, in 50 things started breaking. You know, 60, it gets even worse. You know, 70, you know, we don't live that way. 're not I'm not from there yeah. I'm from somewhere else. Right. Come on are you with me? Yeah. Uh, and I really want us to, to to think that way because when things try to come and attach themselves to us mm-hmm. from here what gives us the ability to reject them is the passport I have called yes. the Holy Spirit Hallelujah. from there I. It's a we have an unfair we have heavenly diplomatic immunity.
1: That's right.
0: Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean one of my favorite movies, this is not a recommendation for a movie. Okay, let me just do that pause. But I I loved the Lethal Weapon Two movie from way back in the day. Amen. All young people watch that under parental guidance, okay? But I like in the movie there was the the bad guy was the South African guy, and his big thing was as he goes, I have diplomatic immunity. And he used his diplomatic immunity to do all this kind of like crime lord stuff, right? And so then spoiler alert, when the good guy shoots him at the end, he goes, I revoke your diplomatic immunity, right? <laughs> I mean, that's his big, that's the big catchphrase, right? You know, uh, and this kind of stuff. But it's really like that kind of, you understand when sickness tries to come, you can say, I got diplomatic immunity from that. Yeah. Because where, where I'm from, there is no sickness. Right. That's right. Come on right now. Yeah. When, when, when just getting by tries to come and attach itself, when just barely making it financially tries to come by, you can say, oh, i got diplomatic immunity yeah. for that. That doesn't touch me. That doesn't, because where I'm from, we, we pave streets with gold. That's where yeah. I'm from. We
1: have never-ending
0: supply. We have never-ending supply. Does, does that make sense? And these are the kind of things, but if, we don't, if, I, if I just believe I'm chained to here like everybody else, then I'll never live above here. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'll never take on the fullness of who I actually am. Mm-hmm. And so part of the identity that I have to renew my mind to is my identity is from heaven.
1: Mm-hmm. That's
0: good. Does that make sense? Again, a little bit of what we shared on Thursday, right? Your, your subconscious and your superconscious have one job, and it's to keep you safe. When we were up in the, in the mountains of, of Phoenix a couple of weeks ago, there were little, they were bear signs. don't feed the bears, don't pet the bears, don't poke the bears. There's bears everywhere. If you see a bear, bear go the other way. You know, so there's bears, right? So we're up there and they're letting us know there's bears, right? Don't leave your food out, the bears will get it. All this kind of stuff. So one of the teachers who was sitting, he said, we're in a little chapel room about this size. He says, you know, imagine if one of the bears comes through the back door your subconscious and superconscious go, keep Brad safe. He's a dummy,
1: uh. right?
0: He'll try to pet the bear. I know him. He thinks he's Steve Irwin, right? He's going to try to. So your subconscious all this stuff goes run, right? You're, it, it says, get out of here, danger. Well, guys, listen to me. You have to understand that's the same principle that happens to your identity of your soul.
1: Come oh, on. No.
0: When circumstances and crises and challenges arise, they're an attack against who God says you are. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right, and, and you're and, and this we will try to build defenses to protect your identity. Yeah. Does that make sense? Amen. So, so I want us to then wire ourselves accurately for, to the word that my identity, oh, I'm a Havanian and I'm not from here. Yeah. Yeah. I may have an Alabama driver's license, but I'm not from here. I may have a U.S. passport, but I'm not from here. I'm from somewhere completely, totally and utterly different. In fact, I'm there right now. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> Amen. While I'm standing here talking to you, there's part of me that's up there. And and I'm just as up there as I am down here. And and that's that whole dilemma that Paul was saying, right, in Galatians when he says, man, I was crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I'm alive. Yet it's not really me. It's Christ in me. But yet at the same time, I'm and I think Paul is really trying to. He goes, well, I'm I'm here, but I'm not here. Mm -hmm. Right. Because because I've been united with Jesus and so I'm there with Him seated in heavenly places but at the same time I'm united with Him down here and I'm seated down here and this is who and we share this connection between the two. And different places have different laws mm-hmm. and so everybody here operates based on the law of sin and death. That's right. That is the law that operates here. Yes. But the law of the spirit of, of life, life in Christ Jesus Free from from the, the law of sin, and, sin yeah. and death. Amen. That's right. And we, we do. We operate. And Selena, for the recording, Selena said we operate under different rules, different laws, because we're from a different place. Right? So I want you to hear. You have diplomatic immunity for the things of this earth. From sin. From sickness. From poverty or lack. From purposeless living. Amen. Amen from just getting by right from just making whatever you might say I, I want you now I got diplomatic immunity from that. that if it's not in heaven then it's not here for you remember that's the prayer Jesus prayed he said I will teach you to pray this way you know our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name the next phrase says thy kingdom come thy will be done finish it for me on earth as it is in heaven Do you understand that that Jesus taught them that prayer, that the, the Lord's prayer was an intermediary prayer while he was closing the Old Testament and opening the New Testament. He was saying, you pray this way for this season of time because I'm establishing all these things right here. Because it was Jesus that took God from being God Almighty to God our Father. It was Jesus that took us from the kingdom is coming to what He says in Luke chapter twelve. Now the kingdom is here, and it's my good pleasure to give you the kingdom. See, it it, it was it was Jesus who said, "Okay, well now, yeah, your kingdom, your will be done now on earth as it is in heaven." So, how is it in heaven? Again, I've helped so I've helped so many Baptist people. I've helped so many Baptist people with this because they pray that, well, Lord, we're just going to pray according to your will, right? Mm-hmm. And they'll talk to me about, well, Lord, we just, if it's according to the will of the Lord. I say, okay, well, cool, awesome. So tell me, and I'll take them back and they know the Lord's prayer. And I say, so how much sickness is in heaven? Come on, man, guys. How much sickness is in heaven?
1: None.
0: So Jesus said, so as it is in heaven, it needs to be now. Your will, Father, be done on earth as it is right now in heaven. So how, how how many people are suffering from stuff up in heaven? There's no curse in heaven. There's no curse. There's none. How poor are folk up in heaven? Not at all. Not at all. Right? So if you can imagine what it's like from heaven, then Jesus said that's what God wants to happen right here, right now, through you. Come on, are you with me? Let's, let's go. And go to John 18. I'm gonna to have to back up and look at John 17, maybe next week. Jesus here talking. Man, here's Jesus, and he's before Pilate. I'm trying to look at how far to go back. It says here, but verse 30, just for time, verse 36. Jesus answers Pilate and he says, My kingdom is not of this world hallelujah if my kingdom were of this world then my servants would fight so that i should not be delivered to the jews but now my kingdom is not from here See what Jesus is? Jesus, because Pilate was saying, if you that's why I say how far to go, he what the question was is, well, are you a king? You know, you and if you remember, that's why they put over his head, you know, Jesus, King of the Jews. It was based on this discussion. Are you a king? Are you a king? And Jesus is saying, Well, you said so.
1: <laughs> I love Jesus.
0: He, he, I wanna have the attitude like Jesus did. There's Jesus facing death, and he's getting a little, he's got a little snarky. You know what I mean? He's just a little spunky. You know what I mean? He's there, literally going to be there, and he's just having fun. Well, you said I was. <laughs> yeah. 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 Jesus yeah. not defending He well, you said I was. And he goes, oh. And then Jesus says, but hey, listen, my, my kingdom is not from here. But Luke 12, 32. So if Jesus' kingdom is not from here, then let's look again. And we just quoted it a moment ago, but let's look at it. Luke 12, 32. Jesus says, Do not, oh, we're going to end here. Everybody say this. Do not fear. Do not fear.
1: Do not fear.
0: Right? Do not fear sickness. Do not fear sin. Do not fear poverty. Do not fear anything of this age. He says, Do not fear, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Amen. So, who has the kingdom of God? We do. We do. And is that kingdom from here? No. Come on now, I'm just play, play my games with me. All right. So, who has the kingdom of God?
1: We do. we do. All
0: right, just say it. Say I do. I do. Right, I have. You have. We do have. But I want it to be personal. Who has the kingdom of God? I do. I do. Is that kingdom from here? No. no. Where is it from?
1: Heaven.
0: heaven. Which one is higher, heaven or earth? From which one came the earth?
1: From heaven.
0: Remember? Everything we see that's physical here was made from the invisible spiritual realm there. Does that make sense? So there, there is this that is there. See, what is in you? You are a Havanian. You have the kingdom of heaven. You are the kingdom of heaven. You're not from here.
1: Amen.
0: You are from somewhere else. You're actually from the place here came from.
1: Yeah. Amen. Yes. Come
0: on. The source. Come <laughs> You're from the source of here. Yeah. Except the difference is, is now because you are cleansed totally, there is no corruption anymore in you. So when there is pumped through you into here, it's 100% pure. Woo! <laughs> come on there's no taint in it that comes out there's no watering down of it that comes out God I want us to expunge a bad belief God doesn't look well I got to use that dirty tube called Brad. I'm going to try to pour my goodness down through this dirty tube and hopefully some good stuff will come out on the other end have you ever heard those analogies yes. before Well, I'm just this dirty tube I'm just so humbled and God. no no that's just called dumb <laughs> It's just called arrogant and dumb because Jesus changed your tube.
1: Come on.
0: He took the old tube out and put brand new plumbing in here and connected you to the source. Amen.
1: Amen. Amen.
0: And again, uh, the last thing that what Chad Gazzal said, I said, if there's only anything that might disturb that is the dam of our soul. Come on. But you are the fountain of living water. You are the source of life itself. Because you are connected to the source glory of life.
1: Come on, Amen. glory to God.
0: Right. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. Does that mean Amen. that's who you are? That's who we are. Amen. want So, so, so we're, I'm going to pray and we'll close this today and through this week. I want you to take time every day. And I want you to sit quietly, and we might look at this, and we might do it in a whole message, but you can look throughout Scripture, and and there are some kind of good tips that the Lord gives you to help you with this. He says things like, I rose up early when it was still dark, and and I meditated. I got up in the early hours when it was quiet and I meditated. You know, it says, David says, when I stood in the 3 a.m. watch on the wall, when it was my turn to take the midnight watch, I did not just sit there, but I meditated on you. Mm -hmm. So there's some times, and I think it's helpful. Please hear me. I'm not talking about law or nothing, but I just think they're mechanics. They're helpful if we can get up in the mornings before the day gets going when things are nice and quiet. When things are still. And before things get cooking. And take time. I want you to sit this week. And I want us to meditate on. I'm from heaven. Amen. I'm a Havanian. Okay. I'm not from here. Right? Amen. I'm from somewhere else. I am the carrier of the kingdom of God. And that kingdom is from somewhere else. Amen. I am from somewhere. Because I want us to get to so much that, it, that our knee jerk response when people say well Carl where are you from you go I'm from heaven and it just comes <laughs> out of you and, and before you, you're you from where where's that in Jasper where's there's like a subdivision called heaven up <laughs> in Jasper you know heaven Alabama no, no I'm just I'm just from heaven I'm just from heaven right I'm just from heaven amen does that make sense and it really it, again you can watch one of my favorite movie scenes as well as that movie uh, Miracle the USA team And and watch that if you want to for homework this week. But there's that story of the 1980 US hockey team that wins wins the gold against Russia. But my favorite scene is where the coach is pushing them because during their uh, practicing, he'll say, well, where are you from? And one will say, well, I'm from the University of Massachusetts or I'm from the university over here or I'm from this place over here. And he just keeps running them in this exercise and he keeps asking them, where are you from? Who do you play for? Who are you? Where are you from? And after hours of doing this, finally one of them says, I'm so and so. I'm Brad Holliman. I'm from the United States of America. Mm-hmm. Right? I want us to get that way but about heaven. Amen. Amen. To where when people say, where are you from? You're knee jerk. Well, I'm from heaven.
1: Amen.
0: That's where I'm from. Amen. I'm from, I'm from there. I'm not from here right i'm not governed by here i live under under heaven's rule and reign i live under his influence i live under his dominion i live under his laws i live under his way i live under his power i live under his execution that's where i'm from amen amen, amen. so lord just open our eyes to this father i pray help us to see this lord this is what paul called in that first prayer of his in ephesians this is the hope of our calling Lord, open our eyes to the hope of the calling of unity with you. But, Lord God, not just you, the, the unity of you in heaven. In Jesus' name. Amen.